Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Progressive Field. We got two finals for you because it was a doubleheader yesterday against the Blue Jays. Game one, the Blue Jays four, the Indians one. Game two, the Indians six, the Blue Jays five. We split the doubleheader. However, that means we lose the series two games to one against the Blue Jays. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And man, when you have a doubleheader, the storylines that weave throughout, uh, the storylines that really weave throughout this weekend, right? I mean, it's the weather. The weather is what, it was such a bizarre feeling weekend. You knew they shouldn't play Friday night. They postpone Saturday because of wind, even though it was just as windy yesterday, it felt like, and uh, they go ahead and play too. So, I mean, it was a very bizarre weekend. It was a holiday weekend. Everybody's busy. I was incredibly busy working through the whole weekend. So, uh, it just, yeah, it just felt bizarre. It felt like this Blue Jays series didn't even happen. Like, it was here and gone before you know it. And uh, the Indians, uh, you know, don't come out on top on this one. They come out on the bottom on this one. Uh, we uh, we slip a few games back, you know, so that hurts. That hurts because it was one of the first chances to step outside the Central Division. And it didn't go well, just like the Yankees series didn't go well. So we are going to have to figure out what we are going to do against these other divisions because... Uh, Yeah, the White Sox kept winning, and now we're three and a half games back. So that's not good. And we got a negative run differential. We're at minus seven. Uh, And we got the White Sox coming to town, so we got a chance to pick up some games here. We got four games against them, including a doubleheader today. So plenty of baseball to talk about for the next two days. Yeah, I, I just was not impressed with the Indians' offense at all. I mean, over these 21 innings against the Blue Jays, it felt like we only had two real offensive innings. That first inning against Ryu, where we put up those two runs, right, where we're loading the bases twice, that was a great offensive inning, even though we only got two runs out of it. No one, you know, Eddie Rosario got that big two-run single, but no one, there was no big blast, there was no big home run, no double, bases clearing double. You know, there was, there was no real big hit that was like, you know, the Indians are taking control of this game. It was a great way to start the series. And then just nothing just fizzled out against Ryu. Then yesterday, in the first game against Ross Stripling, uh, we make him look fantastic. Uh, the only run comes on a Josh Naylor solo home run. We had some chances in that fourth inning. Uh, both Eddie Rosario and Harold Ramirez hit balls that seemed like they were barrels out to left field. Uh, the left fielder, Guriel, had to make a running catch on Eddie Rosario's going back to the wall. It felt like Eddie Rosario tagged that one. And then Harold Ramirez, it seemed like he had cranked one, seemed like a home run. And it just drops you know, around the warning track for, for an easy flyout. And uh, I, I don't know if the wind was blowing in from left field and out to right. And I don't know what the wind situation was. But it seemed like in that fourth inning of the first game, those guys had a chance to put some runs across on Stripling. And they didn't. Naylor does hit the solo home run in the fifth. Uh, he cranks one out to the bullpens in right center. But other than that, I mean, the offense, Ahmed Rosario has a hit. He has a single. 
Other than that, Josh Naylor has three hits. That's it. That's it against Ross Stripling. And this is a guy that pretty much has got him beaten up all season. He had a 5-11 ERA going into the game. He was 0-3 on the season going into the game. And, uh, oh no, he has a 5-11 ERA coming out of the game. Even giving up that one run, his ERA is still over 5. Uh, he goes five innings against us, gives up the two hits, only two hits given up by him, only three strikeouts. It was his lowest whip of the season at 1.38. He came in in a relief appearance against Tampa Bay in his last appearance, but he went seven innings. So I'm wondering if that was an opener situation. I don't know what the situation was on this 524 game. Let's open it up. Let's take a look. Well, whatever happened that game, Trent Thornton started, went one inning, gave up five runs, none of them earned. Zero earned, five runs. That's bizarre. On only two hits and two walks. Uh, And then Stripling came in and was dominant for seven innings, seven strikeouts. Uh, So he carried that over against us. So yeah, 138 whip. It's his lowest, 1.38. It's his lowest of the season. Everything else is around... 1.9. 1.9. It's it's pretty high uh, up there. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He turned into a great pitcher against us. He was really, really working it against us. Um, his CSW isn't that great for the day. Only 24% CSW. Uh, going over to the Illustrator, uh, he was really working the left edge uh, of the strike zone against us. So I, I don't know if the location had something to do with it. Um, you know, what exactly it was that he was doing to dominate us. Let's look at where his pitch location was overall. And he was throwing a lot of changeups on the left edge, uh, throwing his curveball kind of down the middle and throwing the fastball on the left edge and high, challenging us with high fastballs. Uh, now Stripling is, and this is taking too long to load, a right-handed pitcher. So he was keeping everything away from our left-handed hitters, keeping everything on the outside edge against our left-handed hitters, and it worked for him. It it worked really good. Josh Naylor is the only one who got him. And uh, I bet if we look where Josh Naylor's home run was, let's go back to the results tab, and sure enough, Josh Naylor's home run was right down the middle. It was a, what pitch was it? Four-seam fastball right down the pipe, low, around the thighs, and he cranks it out for a home run. So, yeah, so that's what Ross Stripling was doing. So we don't have any real good offense in that first game. And then to finish up the thought in the second game, in the second game, it is only really that sixth inning. It's really only that sixth inning that our bats come alive and put together a good rally. We'll get to the storyline of the seventh inning because that's the big story of the day. But it felt like over these 21 innings, the Indians' offense only really had two good innings. Meanwhile, the Blue Jays were hitting the snot out of the ball. I mean, they were absolutely just unloading against us. They had uh, 10 hits in the first game of the doubleheader in the first game of the series, they put up 15 hits, 15. So that's 25. And then add in the hits from game two 
and add in another five hits. So 30 hits total on the three-game series. Meanwhile, the Indians had a total of 13 hits on the entire series. So, yeah. So, pretty rough stuff. Pretty rough stuff from the Indians' offense. And the uh, Blue Jays' offense just unloads on us. Just absolutely unloads. So, uh, all right. Let's get into the other storyline, which is uh, the seventh inning of the second game. So, the Indians score four runs in that sixth inning, started by a Yu Cheng ROE, reached on an error, and uh, a Rene Rivera double, Cesar Hernandez singles, Ahmed Rosario singles off the glove, <laughs> off the glove of the pitcher, and then uh, Jose Ramirez singles. Uh, so, yeah, that's four hits in a row by the Indians. My God, four hits in a row. When's the last time you saw that? And then Harold Ramirez does ground into a double play, but it brings across the last run. Eddie Rosario would walk, but Jake Bowers would line out to right field in a pinch hit situation. A good swing, but a decent swing on it, but lines out. Doesn't really have a hard exit velocity. Has a decent expected batting average. The exit velocity was only 79.3. The expected batting average was 610. I don't know where they're getting that from. It seemed like it was pretty much right at the right fielder. That's a shot down the line or in a gap that actually goes for extra base hits, but it's right at somebody. So it ends that threat in the sixth inning, not before we tie the game. Then, oh, this hurts. This hurts. Savali, or not Savali, Classe, you can't be doing this. He walks Jonathan Davis to start that seventh inning. And Jonathan Davis is the wrong guy to walk to start an inning. Jonathan Davis is their center fielder. He's their eighth hitter, but he is fast. Let's see. They have his sprint speed is in the 95th percentile in Major League Baseball. The dude can fly. And so walking him to start an inning is not a good idea. Danny Jansen bunts him over to second. Marcus Simeon then with an easy single up the middle, and there's no chance. Jonathan Davis is coming around to score. And suddenly, they've taken a 5-4 a a lead. And you're like, what? We just tied this up. We just tied this game. And Emmanuel Clase is on the mound, and he gives up this run. The walk comes back to haunt him. And, uh, yeah, he gets Bo Bichette to ground him in a double play to get out of it. But now the Indians are down going into the seventh. And with the fact that they've only been able to put together two rallies to this point, you're thinking to yourself, well, this thing's over, you know? This thing's, this thing's might as well put a fork in it. This thing's done. Are we going to rally? Come on. Well, they leave Tyler Chatwood in, who finished the, um, finished the sixth inning. Actually, uh, yeah, well, Steven Matz started the inning, doesn't record an out. Tyler Chatwood comes in and gets out of the sixth inning for them, and then they decide to leave him in. And it would be their downfall, right? It would be their ultimate mistake. And my God, the MLB app sucks today. Let's try going this way. Um, because Tyler Chatwood could not find the strike zone to save his freaking life. So he starts the inning by getting Josh Naylor to actually fly out, I believe, on two pitches. Then he comes up against Yu Chang, and he's all over the place. In fact, let's go to the matchups. Let's go matchup by matchup here in this last inning. So uh, going back to the pitch types, Tyler Chatwood misses with a cutter in the dirt, then throws him a sinker. I, I can't blame Josh Naylor on this one. It's kind of right down the pipe. 
but he pops it out to left field. Really weak hit ball. Um, exit velocity of 79 miles per hour. Really weak hit ball and flies out to left field. So then Yu Chang comes up, and you're probably thinking to yourself, this is not going to go well. Uh, and he cannot find it against Yu Chang. Throws him a cutter way away. Throws him a sinker way away. Yu Chang's in a hitter's count. Throws him another sinker at the bottom of the zone. That one may have been called, but it was probably a little low. He swings through it. Throws him another sinker away. Throws him another sinker way inside. Yu Chang doesn't even have to sweat in this at-bat and gets on first base. And Underwood's all excited. There it is. The tying run is on first base. Uh, Chatwood threw 32 pitches, only seven strikes. Only seven strikes on 32 pitches. Bradley Zimmer comes up, and he misses on four straight. In the dirt, He with a fastball, misses with another fastball inside, misses with a sinker on the outside edge. That one could have gone either way, but at this point, at this point, everyone's figured out that Chatwood doesn't have it, and the umpire wasn't giving him any favors. Then there's another forcing fastball away, walks Bradley Zimmer. Now you're thinking, okay, we flipped the lineup over. They just wasted a chance to get Bradley Zimmer to hit into a double play. I mean, Zimmer hasn't shown anything yet since he's been back, so now Cesar Hernandez is up. Okay, now we got things going. We got our best hitters up. Maybe this can actually turn into something. Well, it didn't need to because he still couldn't find the strike zone. And at this point, you're thinking there has to be someone up in the Blue, ba- Blue Jays' bullpen, right? There has to be. He just walked two guys on a row on nine pitches. He had, clearly cannot throw a strike to save his life. And yet, they leave him in the game. Sinker against uh, Cesar Hernandez. Way outside for ball one. A changeup. Uh, way outside for two. Another sinker in the dirt. Ball three. Finally gets a sinker in the zone on the bottom edge of the zone for a called strike. And another sinker in the dirt. Cesar Hernandez doesn't have to break a sweat. And he's standing on first base. Now, they have to have someone up in the bullpen, right? They absolutely have to have someone up in the bullpen. Nope. Uh, Cutter. Now he's switching to the cutter. Tyler Chadwood is trying any pitch to try to find the strike zone. Cutter. Ball outside. Pitch number two, cutter way outside of the dirt. Uh, The catcher slides out to his right to block this ball. Otherwise, the tying run could have come across right there. Goes to the sinker, throws it for in the uh, low for uh, a ball three. Uh, Taking all the way now is Ahmed Rosario. He throws him a four-seam fastball that's in the zone. Finally gets one over. Throws another one low down. Misses the strike zone. Yu Chang walks in. Everybody moves up, and this game is tied. Now, Jose Ramirez comes up. They finally get Chatwood out. They finally take Chatwood out of the game after walking four batters in a row and tying the game. And the manager for the Blue Jays interviewed afterwards was basically said, Chatwood's been one of our best pitchers, and he struggled as of late, and he needs to find it out on the mound. And the only way he's going to do that is by being out on the mound. So, I wasn't taking him out of the game because I wanted to see if he could figure it out on the mound. He basically sacrificed the second game of this doubleheader to the Indians to see if his pitcher could figure it out. And his pitcher never did. So now he brings in Anthony Castro with one out. The base is loaded against Jose Ramirez. And Castro throws him slider, 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 slider. He fouls off a bunch of sliders. 
uh, four-seam fastball that misses way away, doesn't even have to blink at it, and then throws him another slider. This time, he's able to line it to right field. Uh, it's a sack fly, and uh, Bradley Zimmer's able to come in a score, and the party is on at Progressive Field for the walk-off win. Uh, I think Eddie Rosario and Josh Naylor not only dumped a cooler of ice and water on him, it still had everything in the cooler. It still had all the Gatorade and the bottled water in the cooler. And uh, I think Ramirez was able to dive out of the way, and then they actually missed him. So uh, Jose Ramirez knows how to get it done. He knows how to do a walk-off in style, and he knows how to avoid the big Gatorade cooler coming at him. So yeah, so Jose Ramirez gets the job done, and the Blue Jays just hand us a baseball game. Just said, here you go. So yeah, I mean, it was embarrassing how much how out hit the Indians were. Uh, looking at the Indians pitching over these two days, um, Savali got hammered, hammered in six innings pitched. Uh, he gave up eleven hard hit balls. He gave up four barrels, uh, ten hits, uh, four earned runs, only one strikeout over six innings, and. I mean, these were no jokes. One, two, three, four doubles and two home runs given up by Aaron Cifale. A home run given up to Tescar Hernandez and a home run given up to Telez, the first baseman, Rowdy Telez. Uh, yeah, two doubles given up to Marcus Simeon. Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. weren't even doing the damage. It was the other guys in this lineup. Uh, Panic had two more hits. Dude, we are making Panic look like Mike Trout. We are absolutely making Panic look like a freaking all-star. Uh, he apparently loves hitting a progressive field. So, yeah, uh, Savali has, after he, you know, had such a good start against Detroit, really struggles against the Blue Jays, and he was just throwing everything in the zone. Everything was in the zone for Aaron Savali. I'll go into the results tab. I mean, everything except for a walk, which was at the bottom of the zone, um, in the dirt. Everything was in that zone. Even the outs were in the zone. Um, they even got a well. They got one single off him low, uh, and he gets one strikeout at the bottom of the zone. He gets a swinging strike on a splitter, but everything else is in the zone. And sometimes that works, and sometimes that really doesn't. Really doesn't. The Blue Jays were teeing off on Savali. It's amazing he held them to four runs. To be honest, the way he was getting hit around. Then in the second game, it just does not go well for Henches. It looks fine, but he only gives up four hits, but it turns into four runs. Again, walks come back to haunt him in this one. He only gave up two extra base hits, only two doubles to Tescar Hernandez and Grichik, but Hernandez's double clears the bases. It's three RBIs, and then Grichik follows it up with uh, bringing in Hernandez. So all four of those runs come across in that third inning. And Henches just... Those walks, three walks in two and a third innings, you gotta limit that. You gotta, or if you're giving them walks, you at least gotta get some double plays or some strikeouts to even things out. You can't be hard hit seven times in two and a third innings with giving up three walks. It's going to turn into runs, and it eventually does, thanks to Tescar Hernandez, who again, the Indians are making look fan. He is fantastic. He's hitting 317 with an 887 OPS. He's their cleanup hitter for a reason. Um, so yeah, so uh, Henches gets hits around. So our starting pitching kind of failed us in this series. The bullpen does a good job. The bullpen wins the game yesterday. 
Giancarlos Mejia goes one and two thirds, no runs, no hits, a walk, and a strikeout. They have got to get this guy a start. He is looking so good out of the bullpen. Get Mejia a start. Stretch him out. Nick Wickring goes an inning clean with a strikeout. Trevor Stevan goes clean inning with the two strikeouts. And then Emmanuel Classe gives up the walk and the single, gives up the run in that seventh inning, but the Indians are able to save it in the bottom of the seventh. So, oh boy, MVP for the day. Who do I give MVP for the day to? I think I I gotta give it to Jose Ramirez, right? I gotta give it to Jose Ramirez. Two RBIs on the day, including uh the hit to tie the game, and including the walk-off hit or the walk-off sack fly to win the game. I gotta give Jose Ramirez MVP for the day. Uh with the bullpen, you know, Mejia, Wickren, and Stefan, the middle of the bullpen. Coming in as a close second for MVP on the day. All right, so yeah, the Blue Jays series it came and went. It was bizarre. The weather was bizarre. The you know the fact we only played twenty one innings is bizarre. The Indians are a team that turns on their offense late, and so maybe these seven inning games aren't really our style. We're not a team that starts fast. Uh, we did Friday night, and then it turned into nothing. So we'll see what we do. We've got two games coming up against the. Uh, against the White Sox today, and then two more throughout the week. So four games set against the first-place team. Hey, if you want to win your division, you got to win the games in your division, right? So this is a chance for us to climb back up. Now, if you want to win the World Series, you're going to have to find a way to compete against the East. Now, I thought the Blue Jays' pitching was worse coming into this game uh, than they actually are. If you look at some of these splits... Um, they're right behind the Indians. If you look at ERA, the Indians are 13th in baseball. The Blue Jays are right behind them at 14th in baseball. 390 ERA to 391. If you look at whip, again, the Blue Jays are right behind the Indians. The Indians come in at 11th in whip at 126. Blue Jays are actually tied with them. I take that back. They're all tied. Uh, The Indians, Nationals, and Blue Jays are all tied with a 126 whip. Uh, they just have them listed as 11th, 12th, and 13th on MLB's stats. Uh, strikeouts. You know, the Indians are a dominant strikeout team. They come in at 11th with 486. Blue Jays, two behind them at 13th in baseball with 468. So the Blue Jays are really nipping right on the heels of the Indians pitching. And so it didn't really give us an advantage in this series. And when their offense is so much better than our offense, um, just look at, let's look at OPS. And let's look at the team rankings. The Toronto Blue Jays are second in baseball at 764 team OPS. The Indians are 24th in baseball at a 666 team OPS. So yeah, the Blue Jays are that much better at hitting than we are. And we have got to figure something out when we're facing these teams from the east, facing these teams that can hit. All right. So we got Tristan McKenzie going in one of the games today. They haven't announced who the other starter is going to be for game two yet. We don't know who the starters are going to be for the White Sox. Ernie Clement goes down. McKenzie comes up as the 27th man so he can start. Uh, It's going to be a wild day. Games start at 3 o'clock. It is going to be a wild day. Terry Francona is back. Uh, Terry Francona is back. Should be back managing, uh, I believe. They said he was going to miss the two games this weekend. Uh, so I don't think that affects this White Sox series. He was at his uh, youngest daughter's wedding. 
So congratulations to Terry Francona. Demarcus Hale, I don't I don't think Hale did a good job or a bad job. There wasn't much he could do in seven innings. Um, you know, these seven inning double headers. And they're they're not a lot of decisions to make. Uh I, I don't disagree with his pinch hitters at all. He got some lefties in there late in the game. Jake Bowers pinch hitting, Bradley Zimmer pinch hitting. Uh so yeah, so I think Hale was fine as the coach for those two games. But Terry Francona's back, and uh, we need to, man, we need to step up the hitting. We, we're going to say it all season. We have got to find a way to hit and support our starting pitchers who are out there. Our, our, our whole pitching staff is out there battling its rear end off, and we've got to find a way to support them. All right, enjoy more doubleheader baseball. That's all my thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>